Welcome back to Best Whatever Ever. I am Ira, and I am joined, as always, by my bosses, Spencer and Scarlett. Hi! It is Halloween, and we love Halloween. We do! Yeah, we definitely do. Okay, so today we are releasing a special bonus episode. We're calling it a Halloween Marathon. A marathon? Like where you run? Like you race? No, it it just means we're showcasing a bunch of episodes together. You can also call it a compilation. These are spooky fun stories that we've released before, but we've combined them together to get everyone in the mood for trick-or-treating. We thought it would be fun to put these three Halloween episodes together so you can listen to them all at once. Awesome! So after I introduce the episodes, I'm also going to do something super silly special. I'm going to let you reveal to the audience what you decided to wear as your Halloween costumes this year. If you remember, a few episodes back, we asked the audience to give us ideas for what you should wear. Well, we're going to talk about it in a minute. But before we do that, the first episode we're showcasing happens to be the second Best Whatever Ever episode ever from way back in Season 1. It's called... The Curse of the Pinky Promise Pinky! And the second story features our favorite chimp, Albert A. Einstein. Also from Season 1, this story is called... Albert A. Einstein Saves Halloween! Ooh, ooh, ah, ooh, ooh, ah, ah. And finally, the third episode is a newer one that came out a few weeks ago, and it's called... Albert A. Einstein and the Haunted Halloween Harbor. All right, now I'm super excited. Let's talk about your Halloween costumes. We got some really fun suggestions from our audience, like a mermaid, skeleton, ghost, and my favorites, a giant monster and a sleepwalking grandpa. Okay, the listeners want to know, what did you decide? I decided to wear a mad scientist. I'm a cheerleader. But not just any kind of cheerleader, right? A gothic cheerleader. Awesome! I'll post pictures of your costumes on Instagram. So, without further abu, get it? Abu, like instead of without further ado, abu? Ugh, come on, Dad. Okay, never mind. I'll try again. Let's get the spooky, creepy, silly, funny story marathon started. Here we go. The Curse of the Pinky Promise Pinky Promise, said Emma. Promise, said Bo. Certain it was a promise he could keep. Until he wasn't so certain. You see, Bo's promises are troublesome things. They like to thrash, kick, scream, and eventually break. But do you pinky promise? She dangled her pinky out in front of her. Bo reached out with his own pinky and intertwined it with Emma's. Pinky promise, he said. But then he started to feel the pangs of the thrashing, the kicking, the screaming. Uh, what happens if a pinky promise gets broken? He asked. Emma raised her eyebrows and became very serious. You don't want to know. Bo gulped, and his brow started to sweat. Tell me, please. Are you sure? She leaned in close and whispered, Your pinky will fall 
And then what? It'll slither away, but just for a bit. Eventually, it'll come back for what it really wants, said Emma. What does it really want? asked Bo, really wanting to know, but not really wanting to know. Emma answered, it wants to pick your nose. Ha, I won't let it, said Bo. But Emma explained that Pinky Promise Pinkies are tricky, stubborn little things, and it won't stop until it gets boogers. Lots of them. And she explained, it will hide at the bottom of cereal boxes. Surprise! Stalk you in the bathtub. It will wait until you open your toy chest. Hi, I'm Pinky. Wanna play? It will bust down your bedroom door. Here's Pinky. One way or another, it will find a way to pick your nose. Later that evening, Bo broke his promise. What did you expect? After all, Bo's promises like to thrash, kick, scream, and eventually break. And guess what? His sister was right. His pinky fell off. But don't worry, it didn't hurt. And the pinky was kind of cute. It slithered away to plot its picking. Bo wasn't worried. He had a plan. He gathered a shoebox, a stick, a piece of string, and lots and lots of boogers. Tried ones, gooey ones, stringy ones, and extra sticky ones. The best kind. He propped up the shoebox with the stick, attached the string, and laid a trail of freshly picked boogers. But the sticky ones turned out not to be the best kind. His hands were stuck to the floor. He tried to wrench free with all his might. But they were the stickiest boogers ever picked. Soon, Bo heard scritching and scratching coming from down the hall. The sound of a determined digit creeping along the hardwood floor. Scritch, scratch. Bo is still stuck. He screamed for his sister. Emma, help! Scritch, scratch, scritch, scratch. The pinky promised pinky slithered faster, creeped closer. Bo is doomed. I'm doomed, he said. Hiya! Battle cried Emma as she swooped in, scooped up the shoebox, and trapped the pinky promised pinky. It rattled inside the box. And then it whimpered. Thanks, sis, said Bo. He was safe. And if you ask him, he was never really scared. Emma and Bo admired their new pet, a cute, adorable Pinky. It now rested in its terrarium and munched on delicious and nutritious boogers, especially the extra sticky ones. There's more where those came from, Bo proudly declared. Lots more. The Pinky promised Pinky cooed. I'll never break a promise again, Bo said to Emma. Certain it was a promise he could keep. Oh yeah, said Emma. Do you Pinky promise? Yeah, Pinky pr- Oh, wait, said Bo. Now, mm, not really certain it was a promise he could keep. All right, we hope you enjoyed that. Here is the second story. Albert Apenstein saves Halloween. Albert Apenstein was the world's smartest chimp. And since chimps are the smartest animal in the world, that meant Albert was really, really smart. He had lived at the local zoo since he was a baby. But one day, which happened to be the day after his 13th birthday, he decided to leave. I know what you're thinking. 
If he's so smart, why did he wait 13 years to escape from the zoo? Well, he liked it there. It was a nice zoo. He had all the bananas he could eat, and everyone who came to visit him was very friendly. They always tried to make him laugh by crouching down and walking funny, scratching their armpits, and saying things like, ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. That made no sense, thought Albert. Silly humans. Everyone knows apes say, <laughs> on the night of his escape, he heard loud noises coming from somewhere outside the zoo. It sounded like a party. And if there's one thing apes love, it's a party. Albert hopped over the walls of his habitat, knuckle walked over to the front gate, and punched in the passcode. He had figured it out years ago. And then he simply walked, I mean knuckle walked, out of the zoo. He swung from tree to tree until he reached the nearby neighborhood, a normally quiet suburb. Tonight, it was teeming with people, mostly kids who screamed and cheered with excitement. They wandered from house to house, seemingly drawn by the glow of pumpkins with fire inside them. Albert was smart, but he had never seen anything quite like this before. He also noticed that everyone looked really strange. They didn't look anything like the humans who visited him at the zoo. He saw a boy in a glow-in-the-dark skeleton costume, a little girl in a sparkly dress with sparkly wings and holding a sparkly wand, and even a kid dressed as a giant banana which made Albert very hungry. Luckily, the kid disappeared into the crowd, or Albert probably would have eaten him. And then he heard, ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Albert spun around and saw a boy dressed as, as him. Well, as a chimpanzee. The chimpanzee boy shouted at Albert. Cool costume, so realistic. And then the boy, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, as he walked away. Albert decided to follow him. The boy walked up to the front door of a house. Ghosts made of cardboard and plastic hung from a tree in the front lawn, and foam tombstones lined the walkway. Trick or treat, said the boy when he reached the front door. The woman who greeted the chimpanzee boy handed him a fistful of candy. Albert was smart, but he had never heard of this magic password that hypnotized people into giving you candy. And Albert goes bananas for candy. He had to try it. He knuckle-walked up to the path and said, <laughs> which to him sounded like trick-or-treat. The lady smiled. Cool costume, so realistic. She handed him candy. Albert thanked her and it came out sounding like, <laughs> not breaking character, huh? Well, good for you, she said. Here's some more candy. She heaped assorted chocolate bars into his hands. Albert could get used to this. Why did he wait so long to leave the zoo? Maybe he wasn't so smart after all. You're gonna need a bucket for all that candy, said a little girl who walked by. Here, I have an extra. She handed him an orange bucket that was shaped like the fire pumpkins outside each and every house. <laughs> said Albert, thanking her. Yes, humans were silly, but they were also very nice. Albert went from house to house, and soon his bucket overflowed with delicious candy. Finally, he arrived at one house that was decorated beautifully. It had fire pumpkins carved with awesome pictures of ghosts, goblins, and zombies. For some reason, all of the other costume kids avoided the house. It was the quietest house on the block. And the loneliest. What's so scary about this house? Albert wondered. He couldn't figure it out. He again questioned how smart he was. Don't bother with that house, said another boy. He was dressed as a dinosaur, 
they give out the worst treats. Albert decided he wanted to see for himself. As far as he was concerned, there was no such thing as bad candy. He wandered up the driveway and saw a little girl sitting on the stoop. She was also dressed like a chimpanzee. Only her costume's fur was pink and purple. Hello, I'm Samantha, she said. Her eyes were big and hopeful. Albert said, trick or treat, which came out sounding like... <laughs> Samantha laughed and said, Well, you might be a little disappointed at what I have to offer. My parents are dentists, and they won't let me hand out candy. They'll only let me hand out this. She moved over to reveal a huge plastic bowl that was filled with... Bananas! And if there's anything Albert goes more bananas about than candy, it's bananas! The little girl offered him a banana from the bunch, and he squeezed it into his mouth. Yum! You may as well take them all, said the little girl. No one else wants them. Albert didn't understand. For the third time in the same night, he didn't feel very smart. Samantha had an awesome costume, awesome decorations, and awesome bananas. Why wasn't this the most happening house in the neighborhood? Albert felt sorry for her. I know what you're thinking, she said. But don't worry about me. This happens every year. Albert was worried. At the zoo, everyone who visited was happy to see him. And if they weren't, he saw it as his job to cheer them up. He knew just what to do. He grabbed the bananas from the bowl and started juggling them. Impressive, Samantha said. As he juggled, he cried out to get everyone else's attention. But still, no one noticed. And then he cried out again. Only this time, he thought to scream, Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. And just like that, a group of trick-or-treaters stopped in their tracks. Hey, one teenager said, Look at that kid in the chimpanzee costume juggle. They hurried up Samantha's walkway to watch Albert. Here's some more, Samantha said as she tossed another bunch into Albert's hands. He juggled all of them. Then he spun around, did a flip in the air, and kept the bananas juggling. He bellowed, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, again, and more kids wandered over. Albert jumped onto his hands and started juggling the bananas with his feet. The crowd cheered, and soon, more kids came to watch what they thought was a kid in a chimpanzee costume juggling bananas. Little did they know he was actually a real chimpanzee. Cool costume, so realistic, someone said. For his final move, Albert let the bananas fly into the air. As they fell back down to earth, he swatted them into the crowd. The kids jumped and reached to grab the bananas for themselves. Soon, everyone had a banana, and they all danced, oh, knuckle-walked, yeah! and pretended to scratch their armpits. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah, they cried. Samantha smiled and gave Albert a big hug. That was the best Halloween ever. Thank you, Mr. Chimpanzee, she said. Albert cocked his head. Don't look so surprised. I know you're not really a kid in a chimp costume, but don't worry, I won't tell. She winked and offered Albert another banana, which he scarfed down because one can never have too many bananas. The kid in the banana costume joined the party, and Albert had to restrain himself from eating him. That's how much he loved bananas. As the party continued on Samantha's front lawn, Albert waved goodbye and headed back to the zoo. It was his home, after all. He felt pretty smart again. And maybe he understood these silly humans better than he had thought. They were silly, but in the best possible way. The next morning, Albert woke up in his habitat, his belly full from candy and bananas. He 
He stretched and yawned. And then he saw he had a surprise guest. From outside the habitat, Samantha waved. She was still wearing her pink and purple chimpanzee costume. And she had brought him a bunch of delicious-looking bananas. Albert's belly was full, but one can never have too many bananas. Especially from a friend. All right, you still with us? That was two stories, and now here is number three. Albert Ape Einstein and the Haunted Halloween Harbor. Albert Ape Einstein was the world's smartest chimp. And since chimps are the smartest animal in the world, that meant Albert was really, really smart. He lived in a zoo where the animals roamed in open habitats and had all the food they needed especially bananas. Albert loved bananas. On this very day last year, Albert decided to leave the zoo for the very first time. He went trick-or-treating, made lots of friends, ate a ton of bananas, and went back home to the zoo at the end of the night, excited by his new discovery, the holiday of Halloween. Now, Albert sniffed into the air. It smelled of spice and pumpkin. He knew just what that meant. It was time again for Halloween. <laughs> Albert decided to leave the zoo. He hopped over the walls of his habitat, knuckle walked over to the front gate, and punched in the passcode. He had figured it out years ago. And then he simply walked, I mean knuckle walked, out of the zoo. He went straight to the neighborhood where he trick-or-treated last year. Only this time, there was no one around. He scratched his chin, thinking. He fiddled his ear, thinking. He picked his nose, thinking. Strange, this street was filled with costumed humans last year. Where could they have all gone? Then he heard music in the distance and cheering. Music and cheers, it sounded like a party. And if there's one thing smart apes love, it's a party. He decided to follow the noises. He knuckle-walked through the tree-lined neighborhood, down past the shops on Main Street, and finally reached the source of the music and cheers, the town's marina, which was called Trickleberry Harbor. The marina was teeming with humans dressed in the strangest costumes. Ghosts, goblins, vampires, and lots and lots of princesses. Everywhere he looked, he saw fire pumpkins with faces carved into them. Fake cobwebs strewn across bushes and trees. Plastic skeletons hanging from lampposts. And foam gravestones planted into the grass that lined the boardwalk. Spooky moans blasted from speakers. And the best part of all? Almost everyone was eating chocolate-covered bananas. Hey, nice costume. So realistic. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah said one kid who was dressed as a superhero, a yellow cape flapping behind him as he ran through the crowd. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah, that made no sense, thought Albert. Silly humans, everyone knows apes say. (laughs) A girl dressed as a knight in shining armor came over and high-fived him and said, hey, nice costume, so realistic. You're totally going to win this year's costume contest. 
Albert scratched his chin, fiddled his ear, and picked his nose. Then he saw a sign that said, 8th Annual Halloween Costume Contest. Tons of prizes! And before he could jump up and down in excitement, he noticed the boy climbing a railing and sneaking down to the docks. The boy was dressed as a ninja. There were rows and rows of boats. Some were sailboats, their masts clanging as they rocked in the water. And some were big fishing boats that looked like they hadn't been cleaned in years. They stank like old fish. Ew! And one boat was super spooky. And that's where Albert saw the boy headed. Albert was suddenly worried. He hopped over the railing and Knuckle walked after the boy. Albert called out to him. <laughs> the boy turned. Shh, he whispered. Albert scratched his chin, fiddled his ear, and picked his nose. He was the world's smartest ape, but couldn't figure out what this boy was doing. Humans were so confusing sometimes. The name's Charlie. Cool costume, so realistic. You really should consider entering the costume contest. Anyways, you see that boat over there? Charlie pointed to the spooky one. It was dark, filthy, and covered in thick white cobwebs. Albert knew those weren't decorations. Charlie continued, I'm gonna check it out. Legend has it, a ghost lives there. A real ghost. Albert didn't know what a ghost was, but he liked this very determined boy. You coming? Asked the boy who was almost at the spooky boat. Albert followed. As Charlie pulled himself up onto the boat, he turned back to Albert. Other kids, they're scared of this boat. It's haunted, you know, but I'm unscaredable. Unscaredable? Albert really didn't know what that meant. The night sky seemed to darken the moment Albert climbed on board. The air grew ice cold and Albert's fur stood up on end. They heard the sound of chains rattling and then a moaning that was way scarier than the sounds that came out of the speaker back on land. Charlie smiled. You see, it's a ghost. I told you there was a ghost. I'm totally unscaredable. Charlie raced ahead towards the boat's cabin in the direction of the noises. But he hesitated as soon as he grabbed the latch on the cabin door. Yeah, unscaredable, he seemed to remind himself. He took a deep breath and opened it. Inside were even more cobwebs, and the only light came from the Halloween party in the distance. The temperature plunged. Albert wished he had a coat to cover his fur. The chains rattled and something moaned again. This time, louder. Albert encouraged him on. As if to say, go on, it's not that scary. Yeah, that's right. I'm unscaredable, Charlie said, his confidence returning. Albert pointed down a short flight of stairs into the engine room. Wait, you want to go down there? Charlie asked. Albert shrugged, as if to say, why not? After all, that's where the noises were coming from. It was dark below. Charlie took another breath. <sighs> okay, doesn't look scary. Not at all. Down in the engine room, the cobwebs were thicker. The air was colder. 
rattling of chains was louder. And then came another kind of rattling. This time, it was Charlie's teeth. He whispered to himself, Remember, I'm unscaredable. Remember, I'm unscaredable. Remember, I'm unscaredable. And then, with as much confidence as he could muster, Yeah, I'm unscaredable. Hello, came a voice from behind them. Charlie turned and saw a ghost standing in front of him. His eyes bugged out, and he let out a huge scream. <coughs> Thinking that was the polite way to greet a ghost, Albert decided to scream too. <coughs> in his panic, Charlie stumbled and fell, rolling around in a tangle of cobwebs. When he finally stopped, Albert thought Charlie looked like one of those sticks of cotton candy humans always eat when they visit the zoo. Suddenly, the ghost started to laugh, and so did Albert. And then, realizing that this ghost was unscary and he was unscaredable, Charlie laughed too. <laughs> Albert helped Charlie stand up, and he cleared the cobwebs off of him. Cool stunt, said the ghost. You're the funnest, funniest visitors I've ever had. Actually, you're the first visitors I've ever had. Albert realized what that meant. Everyone in town was afraid of the boat, which made them stay far away. He felt bad for the ghost. It sounds like there's a party at the marina, said the ghost. And if there's one thing ghosts love, it's a party. Too bad I can't go. Albert scratched his chin, fiddled his ear, and picked his nose. Then he grunted with a brilliant idea. He reached to grab the ghost, but his hand passed right through him. So Albert gestured, grunted, and pointed out the window towards the Halloween party at the marina. I'm sorry, said the ghost, but I don't speak chimpanzee. But Charlie realized what Albert was trying to do. He sprinted up the stairs, turned back, and said, follow me. Moments later, Charlie, Albert, and the ghost strolled along the boardwalk. The Halloween party was still raging. The ghost looked nervous. What if I scare everyone away? What if I don't fit in? Just then, the superhero kid from earlier walked by, stopped, and stared at the ghost. Uh-oh, thought Albert. And then the kid said, Cool costume! So scary! That's when Albert got another brilliant idea. After pulling his finger from his nose, he grunted and pointed at the sign for the costume contest. Charlie and the ghost smiled. They knew exactly what Albert was suggesting. Later that night, the crowd cheered as Albert, the ghost, Charlie, and a bunch of other costume kids showed off their costumes. Oh yeah! They twirled, they danced, they laughed. It was the most fun they've ever had. And because he was a smart chimp, Albert knew they would not come in first place. After all, Albert and the ghost weren't really wearing costumes. But it didn't matter. Everyone who participated got the best prize of all. Chocolate-covered bananas! Oh, yeah! <laughs> As the party ended, and with his belly now full, Albert waved goodbye to Charlie and the ghost and headed back to the zoo. He couldn't wait until next Halloween.
Thank you so much for listening. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Today's story was written and produced by me, Ira Singerman. Hey, what about us? Yeah. With help, of course, from my bosses, Spencer and Scarlett. Hi. Hi. If you would like to support the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And also, please be sure to subscribe and tell all your friends about us. And please visit us at thebestwhateverever.com and feel free to send us an email to bestwhateverever at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We'll see you soon. 